0: The date is Friday, February 4th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. On this episode, we'll be discussing a video game from the creators of the Dark Souls series called Bloodborne. We'll get to the central message of the game and give a transfusion into the background of the lore. So sit back and enjoy.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the only show on the internet encapsulating all things entertainment. Let's entertain this. Entertain this. I can't get deep. As always, get I'm Alex. I'm Michael.
0: And I'm Nick.
1: Guys, there's this weird thing that happens every time that I go to edit the podcast where I have to edit out like a good three seconds of us staring awkwardly at our cameras. Uh, like the music plays, it does the dun, dun dun, dun, and then it like fades out and it shows our faces. And then there are three seconds where it's just us <laughs> staring at the camera. And then I start to, welcome everybody to the only show in the internet and Kathleen. And I'm always like, those three seconds didn't happen in real life. In real life, as soon as that thing clicked away, I started. And I don't know. <laughs> I cut those three seconds out every week from the video version of the podcast. Can
0: we get a super cut of that?
1: Of just those three seconds? <laughs> yeah, oh my
0: God. Yeah, that would be like- incredible. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'll make one. I'd, I'd have to start now, but yes, I will make one starting now. of
0: like Tech tips. That mean, like st- <laughs> it's I like.
2: It's like the whole like man changes his shirt every day for 80 days. Yeah, <laughs> except it's literally
0: just, <laughs> just like over and
1: over again. It's just me inhaling. So
3: it's
1: like. Getting redheaded. headed. Okay, so that was um, probably enjoyable for our, our audio <laughs> podcast that we do. <laughs> Everyone hey, make mouth noises. Okay, yeah, this is sad. this is where the cold opens start. you guys hear about those Cincinnati Bagos?
2: I might have heard a thing or two about them. You
1: guys hear about what they're doing up in, in, in Cincinnati?
2: Yeah, they're uh-huh. winning the football games. In case you guys
1: didn't know, Entertain This is filmed in front of a live internet audience from the Great city of Cincinnati for the most part if you were to triangulate mm-hmm. where the three of us are as we record this it would center in Cincinnati so yeah. the the Cincinnati the Cincinnati Bengals are um are are a piece of this show's heart and they are winning games thanks to Joey Burr uh also known as Joey Franchise also known as Jim Burno Burn <laughs> Joe Berno and he's got a good old arm, and he's throwing it to that that guy whose name he's so fast. His name is yep. Chase. Yeah, incredible, <laughs> in, incredible. The team, and they may be going to the slooper blow. And by Did the you time you get back from
0: the dentist, by the like, time this, I,
1: by the time this. Sh- by the time this episode releases, they might not even be in the right in the con- <laughs> like contending anymore for all we know I'm and that'll date this. We record this on the Friday before so Sunday's game hasn't happened yet but correct for all we know the cin- the Cincinnati ba- the Cincinnati Bang Bangos are going to the Sloopler Blowl.
2: Hey.
1: <laughs> or they're not knock on wood it I really does sound it I really, really does it. sound like
2: you just got like your entire mouth injected yeah. with novocaine he's got
1: that novocaine shot
0: you're yeah. like, I'm not hanging
1: give me novocaine hashtag green day uh <laughs> that's the end of your local news and your cold open for this week another week has passed it's episode guys it's guys it's the end
0: of your local anesthetic. <laughs>
1: it's episode. It's episode ninety nine of the podcast. That's
2: big. That's well, a big number.
1: To be honest, I'm surprised we made it to ten. It is nuts that next week we are going to be on episode one hundred centennial of the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's just wild to think about a hundred a hundred hours more more than a hundred hours yeah of us three boys being just three goofy boys being three absolute slapstick blokes <laughs> man it's incredible incredible journey <laughs> we've been on and I'm just so happy about it thank yeah. you guys so much for sticking around an episode 100 should be something it's not gonna be extreme we're saving the extreme stuff for like episode you know 200 or episode right 500. 10 years down the line or whatever. Uh, But we're going to have a good time next week. But this week, episode 99 belongs to Michael. Oh, yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah, I'm going. All right. Woo!
1: Speed racer. All right. It was (laughs) seamless. See, here's the issue. Here's my favorite part of our podcast that's going to be everybody else's least favorite part. Is I feel that often I have to steamroll the podcast in its direction, which was my New Year's resolution (laughs) was to try not doing that as much as possible. So on a normal instance, it would have gone something like this. But this week belongs to Michael. Hey Michael, do you have something you want to talk to us about? And then Michael would say,
2: "Yeah." And then
1: Michael would say
2: yeah guys hi i'm here to talk about (laughs) i don't uh, want to do
1: it that way i want to do it i want to do it like this i want to do it it's not us (laughs) i want to do it this way this is the way i want to do it i want to go but this week belongs to michael
2: Heidi, Heidi Ho, everyone. Fuck. <laughs> it's just,
0: it's, all this awkwardness energy is just like building above us like a giant thousand ton boulder. If we're lucky, and it'll crush just us gonna... before the
1: 100th episode.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm here to talk about the video game named Bloodborne. Wow, Michael uh,
1: talking about a video game. How original.
2: Yeah. I, <laughs> <me show> up. <laughs> I don't watch TV uh, and what I do, it's <laughs> anime, and you guys make fun of me for it.
1: Oh, we're not going to a no, <laughs> not gonna make it to 100, guys. We're not going to make it.
2: Anyway, hey, I, it's my episode. Get with the times. I'm we're all it. going on an adventure. All right, so a little bit of required reading for this podcast, but not so really. Like, back a while ago, a few months, like six or months or so ago, I six talked sorry. about Dark Souls. Dark Souls. Dark Souls is... It's that game
1: that's really hard to beat.
2: Yeah, it's really hard to beat, but it's like does it in a very in a way that's like very artfully so and very purposeful to yeah. really lend to like the story and to really make you feel like the, the the real culmination of all is to give you this sense of major accomplishment. It's yeah. not like a lot of other action games where you just press buttons, do things, and outcome happens.
1: It's like solving and, a Rubik's cube. You finish up one side, and you're like, "Oh man, I got this far," but then you fuck it up, and you're like, "I'm gonna have to get it back." <laughs>
2: Then I'm like, oh, I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, you really got to, it's kind of like Rubik's Cube. Yeah. You got to analyze things as you're going and like kind of look ahead of where you want to be and like where thing, like what every action of yours is going to be doing. Well, there's a game made by the same people from software that is kind of a a lot like Dark Souls, takes a lot of the same elements, but, but (laughs) executes it in a way that to me, makes even more sense and makes it an even better game. Is it harder? No, I would say it. Here, here Here's the thing that's that's special about Bloodborne. Huh. These games are hard, but yep. Bloodborne teaches you how to play these games. Oh, like the other games. They've got these different other things Like you've got a shield. Mm-hmm. You can sit and play like really passively. Always have your shield up. Mm-hmm. Be ready for any incoming attack. Yep. And like do what's called like turtling because you're you're just like a little turtly boy <laughs> hiding in your little turtle shell. Yeah. Just waiting for the danger to pass. Yeah. Um, in Bloodborne, you're actively discouraged from using a shield. Get out of here. And with so that stupid what it teaches shield. you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and what it does, it teaches you that you really have to analyze who whatever you're fighting and learn the mechanics in and out and use it in this way that encourages you to play incredibly aggressively in comparison to Dark Souls.
1: You know what other video game you play extremely aggressively?
2: Call of Duty? Tetris? Super
1: Mario 64. Michael was the closest without going over.
2: Ooh. I I do get really mad when I play Mario 64.
1: (laughs) The only way to play Mario 64 is 100%
2: effort. Yeah. There's no halfway.
1: No, you can't you can't finesse your way through Super Mario 64. You're not going to beat a f- you're not you're not going to beat a fucking penguin down a no. slide of ice <laughs> with 95% effort. Joey Joey Berber will tell you that. It's 100% <laughs> every day. Joey Super Berber Mario Bros. Is, nine times. Like
2: <laughs> Super Mario 64 is one of those games where it's like you grow up and like you have memories of being good at it and like being able to beat the levels and shit. And then you go watch like someone do a speed run and you just are like willing to throw yourself self off of the closest building.
1: Is that mm-hmm. what this game is like? The one we're talking about today?
2: No, I would say that like this doesn't give you that feeling. Mm-mm. Would you say it gives us the opposite feeling? It gives me a lot of happy, feel-good juices. Oh, but it's such yeah. a dark Dis- game. Disgusting. It's a very dark game. Yeah, juices. Like, juices so, so very dark. Yeah. Yeah. So let, let's let's go over. Like Nick says, over, it's a dark what, game. What
1: game is this again? What are we talking about? You said yeah, it once. Yeah. So we're
2: <laughs> we're talking about Bloodborne. 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 Is and last a time we
1: talked about Dark Souls. Okay, they're both two words.
2: That's the confusion yeah. that I was well, feeling. Blood, but Bloodborne I feel like, is one word. Uh like, yes. A, like a bloodborne disease. Like, they're like yeah. compound words. Yeah yeah yeah. Ro- yeah.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. 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 If there was any confusion in the audience, I'm playing the part of you, the confused audience member who wants to know which <laughs> game we're talking about. The game so we're here. talking about is Bloodborne.
2: Yeah. 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 So here, let me let me just kind of give like an overview of like what Bloodborne is before kind of jumping too far down the rabbit hole. So Bloodborne is a game that's made by the same people from software, the same people who made Dark Souls. Dark Souls. Bloodborne is a more Victorian horror take on the same genre mm. with a little bit of a mix-in of H.P. Lovecraft in there. Oh, uh, a little Cthulhu yeah. action,
1: a little electric horror
2: action, a little going yeah. like insane and losing your mind and killing <laughs> it Yeah, yeah. Of that. all this stuff makes you feel real good. Oh really, God. really good. <laughs> you said Lovecraft, I'm out.
1: <laughs> Do you not like Lovecraft, Nick? You know, like H.P. Lovecraft. Okay, the separating thing. the artist yes. from the art, as it's so difficult to do. Okay, so because H.P. Lovecraft was a piece of crap, we yeah. all agree on that. No, mm-hmm. he had a cat by a terrible name. You can Google it if you want, but it's just a bad guy. I'm good. Yeah, don't don't worry about it. You can Google yeah. it later, or you can Google it now. I don't care. Just don't talk yeah. about it anyway. Like
2: makes it also like really hard to separate art from the artist in that case because a lot of him is in the art.
1: I mean, I'm a I'm a an advocate for never destroying somebody's love for expression even if the person who expressed it is bad you can hate a person and like what they do that's fine what i'm saying is uh he was a fucked up guy who made some interesting stuff but it was still fucked up stuff
2: yeah the thing that's unique about hp lovecraft is that he was able to capture the sense of fear of everything around him that he genuinely felt in his life. Mm hmm. Like he, yeah. he was a man who was scared of everything. Yeah. Uh, and the potential effects it could have on his life to a fault. And, yeah. Uh, I mean like HP Lovecraft, he was one of those artists that like his works didn't actually become popular until well after he died. Like Van Gogh. Yeah. Should we do an episode on Lovecraft? Ooh, I would love to do an episode on Lovecraft. Do we the want to thing- start
0: over? <laughs> the only thing I know about Lovecraft is that uh, the Dunwich building in Fallout 3 was heavily influenced by... Yeah.
1: The
2: Dunwich horror. The Dun- it's oh, it's okay.
1: Dunwich Dunwick Mining Co. Something like that. It's, yeah. it's, like, a, it's like a quarry. It's the Dunwich quarry, that's what it is in Fallout.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I went into that building once and then you do like the thing where you hallucinate or something and you see things, mm-hmm. I was like, nope, that's good enough for me. I turned to, <laughs> I walked down the building, I think that we'll do, again.
1: We'll do a, we'll do a Lovecraft episode probably. Yeah. Okay. And we'll want to save all this for that.
2: Yeah. We'll touch on like a little bit of like Lovecraftian themes here and there today, but like, we're not going to dive too deep into it. Dope. Um, how is
0: it, how is it shown in the game? Is there any like a Lovecraft monster from there?
2: Well, it's in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so let's go through the premise of the game really quick. Hey, can you, we? Uh, yeah. So you, we, we are in this city called Yarnum. Say uh, it again. Yarn Yarnham Yarnham. Yarnham. How, do, how do you print it? How do you spell that? Y H A R N A M. Yarn Yarn Yarnum. Yarnham. It's like Putnam. Yeah, Putnam. Yeah, exactly. Putnam. Everyone <laughs> so, knows Putnam. You yeah. you are an you are an outsider. You have traveled to Yarnum and you are here in Yarnum to receive what it's famous for for its blood transfusions. Ah. It is this mystical like medical feat where they have figured out how to like transfer blood into a person that will cure them of all diseases, cure them of all of their injuries, all of their problems, all of like every th- every issue that they have their blood transfusions can fix it uh and to a certain extent yeah like and it works like it actually genuinely works um hmm. there is a church theocratic theocratical organization that runs the ministration of this blood and it is only through them the that right you cross. can receive it <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Cart>. <laughs> agree or disagree go yeah
2: it's it's imagine imagine a a world where the catholic church no. has figured out how to cure all of your diseases and, and issues it was god
1: the whole through, time th-
2: through communion <laughs> like no. through the act of communion and receiving that little little like plasticky wafer cookie and drinking some of that grape juice wine, uh, all of your problems go away. Uh, that I is the, that is kind of like, yeah. You know that? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, we're getting our Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's
0: incredible. It's pretty funny, though, right? That's a, that's yeah. a thing. A little sacrilegious, yeah. but whatever.
2: Yeah. It's, it's the sort of things that you f- come up with when you're in Catholic school. You <laughs> get me a yeah. bag of Jesus.
0: Jesus. They're pretty good. A yeah. little cardboardy, but. Nick, I have anyway. a question
2: for you. Did, it, did they ever make you like practice getting communion before you were actually oh, yeah. allowed to get communion? Okay, cool. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was like first communion. Like the entire thing was, okay, put your right hand down on your left hand. You're going to hold it out like a pillow like yeah. this. Then you go up and you say,
2: what do you even say? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I forget. What you, can I have communion, please? You say something like that and then you have to say amen. Well, no, no,
2: no, What it is is what, the priest says something in Latin to you and you say amen yeah. and then he gives you the cookie.
0: That's right. Yeah, he says uh, body of christ that's what he says and then you say amen
1: have i told yeah. you guys or have i told this on the podcast the story of the time where i didn't take communion and a girl broke up with me
2: you told me that <laughs> what <laughs> you've told me this story
1: uh so yeah, tell here's me this. here's the premise is i'm dating Too a girl track, whatever <laughs> well no because we're talking about bloodborne and there's a communion in bloodborne of some sort okay. yeah. some sort of a religious encounter so I mean, during so the, it's, the blood of jesus. jesus so it's christmas eve And this girl has invited me to a Christmas Eve Mass with her family. Um, I'm not Catholic. And I'd never met a girl's parents before. So I'm nervous for two reasons. Number one is because the Catholic Church is a scary place. They look scary from the outside. That's bad. They're too big. No building needs to be that big. You go inside, so much wasted space. Why are they so tall in the end? It doesn't make any sense. Anyway. uh, So... So there I am taking, uh, you know, I, I'm d- doing the whole sit, stand, Neil, sing thing. <laughs> and I'm between her, I'm between her and her dad. And her dad's like this big buff workout guy. And he wrote a book once about how you can get your daily workouts while cleaning the house or whatever. Um, and I, I basically, it got to the part where people were taking communion and uh, it's something in my mind had triggered that, hey, you have to be baptized to take communion and I'm not baptized. You're so, actually right. Yeah. So I You're leaned over to, to her. I don't remember how I knew that, but I knew that somehow. So I leaned over to her and I was like, "I'm not baptized. I don't think I could take communion." She said, oh. "Oh no, you can take it." I was like, "Okay, look, I'm not saying there's heaven or hell, but if there is, I'm for sure going to hell if I take communion." Oh, he's yeah. so not going to take communion. So what do I need? What do I need to do? <laughs> she was like, "Just <laughs> take it." I was like, "No, I'm not going to take it." She's like, "Come on, just take communion." It's like, "No, I'm not going to take <laughs> it." So that our pews get up and we walk up to the priest. And she like takes communion. He does a little prayer thing for her. And this old lady behind me goes, I guess because she heard us, she goes, uh, just cross your arms over your chest and he'll know what that means. Right. Because mm-hmm. that means like, I'm not baptized. I'm sorry. I can't take communion. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I get up to the priest and I cross my arms over my chest and he did not get the message. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so he goes to try to stick. The cracker in my mouth.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> and, I'm like,
1: and I'm like, I'm not going to hell, so I'm taking your goddamn cracker. <laughs> it's like a you mom know? trying to like feed their baby. So just like, like my lips yeah. are tight, and like he's confused, I'm confused. And this situation feels like it's dragging on forever. And I'm like shaking my head, like no, and no. And finally he gets no. it, and finally he gets it. And so he's just like does the little hand thing, and I like try to move to get out of the way. And her dad's right behind me. <laughs> And then he does the thing. He takes communion, and then they talked out. They talked out in the parking lot, away from me. I was with their mom. No. And then they took me home. And then I got a text that was like, "Hey, we can't see each other anymore." (laughs) 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 Oh no! I guess I guess her parents thought I was Catholic, and that told him he's not, and that was enough. But you know. It wasn't a big deal, and (laughs) everything worked out for the best, but isn't it a funny story about how just the Catholic Church just loves putting their fingers in little... Never mind.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh Oh, my God. Long story short,
1: I do know about communion. I've never taken it, and I may never.
2: Cool. So, so you get what I'm saying. Like, you get, you get the, you get the vibe. I don't of this see world. how any of that Deal.
1: can be healing. Is what yes. I'm saying.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, it's, it's the whole idea of like imagining a world where, like, if you had a limp leg and like or a cancer, it's like think about like those like healing churches and sh- shit that like it's like what Jesus now. did.
1: He went around. and He cured the yeah. weak and the yeah but imagine
2: like an organization using that power specifically to gain political power over all of the citizens of (laughs) yeah so the catholic church and like the right exactly exactly (laughs) (laughs) and so but through this one of the things that eventually they find out is by partaking of it long enough and frequent enough you eventually turn into a beast like you turn into like a like bram stoker like werewolf situation so
1: like monster energy
2: yeah exactly it's all that taurine Mm -hmm. uh, turns you into a bull um but i don't know (laughs) wink wink
1: red bull may give you wings but monster
2: turn you (laughs) into a monster give you give you (laughs) monster turns you into a freak (laughs) into a freak I don't know, but anyways, <laughs> yeah. So, frequent heart failure. <laughs> so we've got we've got this like backdrop of this world and this mm-hmm. situation. There. So what? Imagine like the whole idea of like you take this this thing that is supposed to make you feel better and get rid of all your problems, but it eventually turns you into this like lycanthrope, this this werewolf. No. That would that would dissuade you from wanting to take it, right? No. If you were like an actual person, like.
1: If it were, you, like, an actual... Here... Okay.
2: God
0: damn it. I'd consider it. I hate I to get like like on tangents, because
1: <laughs> I don't want to, like, get you off your off your, your rant here, but... It's a little
2: too late for that now. <laughs> okay, you're right. No, I think this is Stop a quality the
1: episode, because we're having legitimate conversations, but... Yeah. Here's what I would say, is if offered vamp... If offered vampirism or werewolfism, lycanthropism, I guess is... Lycanthropy? Lycanthropy. Yeah. Lycanthropy? So, like, a lycanthrope like would
2: be like a werewolf, but you can only stay the werewolf part.
1: Okay. This is my question: Is kind of Would you become a vampire or a werewolf if it meant you were stuck in a hideous form forever?
2: I the, the there's a qualifier there. Do I still get to control my actions?
1: Uh, as much as a werewolf or a vampire does.
2: No, I would not,
1: because werewolves and vampires don't. Yeah, to an extent. Yeah. I, mean, I, w- I would with, not. It comes with immortality.
2: I still would not. No. Nick? Not interested. That's a tough one. Uh
0: but <laughs> I'd probably have to go with being a human cuz werewolves you don't see a whole lot of them around and I would uh I'd have troubles uh blending in with the crowds, yeah. you know. Now what but if like, you
1: were the type of werewolf or vampire who could disguise yourself as human day to day?
0: Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, I'd be cool. I'd be okay with that. I'd do that. <laughs> Just disguise. Stay in disguise all the time. Then you come back home and you're like, all right, time to hulk out. <laughs> I don't know. Do you, guys subs-
2: do you guys subscribe to the, the uh the 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 Harry Potter method of like you can only become something if you are directly named it at birth? You can. You what?
1: can only you can only transform into something if you have yeah. a bunch of really cool delinquent friends who also are turning into things. Yeah,
2: yeah, well, it's like the whole idea of like Remus Lupin. Like, come on, the dude was born to be a fucking werewolf. Lupin?
1: what is that? Really, your last name? What were the yeah. other Marauders' names, and how did that relate? Or was it just Lupin?
2: Uh, no, his was the one that was like the most. I mean, serious black. He's Turned a serious a man dog. who's always wearing black. Uh I thought you were say he's also black.
0: That'd yeah, be pretty cool well, too.
2: There's uh Peter Pettigrew, but uh. turned
1: into a pedophile. No, no, <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> oh that's not true. Ignore Isn't me. it though? He was chilling in the Gryffindor <laughs> comment. I don't room know. I feel like
2: this might be like too um, on too too like what for the for the but like I feel like we're only like a few a few years away from Rowling being like, yeah, like Peter Pettigrew, Peter oh, Pettigrew, no. yeah, he was a pedophile. pedophile. He's just gonna we'll
0: go be allowed to Twitter say that like... word.
1: I yeah, get my fact checker to check if we're allowed to say that word. You, you this is like, the Joe Rogan experience
0: Church and the whole. Well, you know. Anyways, you can continue. No, you're totally
1: right. We've, all right, so bloodborne. Three, here's the thing. Okay, <laughs> I'll say it. I'll put our cards on the table. I'll apologize for the group. All three of us have made at least one pedophile joke in this episode.
2: Yeah, this episode. Between, I mean, between the Catholic Church and it's just bad topics. Yeah. We're not and...
1: making fun of that. We're making
2: fun of the Catholic Church, and we're
1: making yes. fun of Peter Pedigree, who is also a bad guy. Yeah,
0: <laughs> not, probably not a pedophile though.
1: So, no, not doesn't not matter. He's still a bad guy. And J.K. Rowling is a bad
2: guy. Let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> J.K. Rowling, uh, that's never very the podcast. Scary. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so bloodborne. So imagine so we've we've laid out this whole scenario of like this world where like you take blood, fix your problems, church who runs it, they're bad, is it and you're turning it. Uh sure. sure in this instance it is a form of like a Jesus-esque thing. Okay. Yeah. It's the savior. So give you like background information. Curious about that. The church found what's called a great old one. And this is where the Lovecraft stuff really like really seeps in. It's like in the mm, deep lore of this game. The that's church the found Jesus figure. Yeah, the church found a great old one. A great old one is an a being that is elevated to another plane of existence. However, yeah. a great old one can still exist within our plane of existence. In this case, they found a great old one with the name Ibritas. Oh, um, beautiful! Yeah, hmm. and. She is this amalgamation of tentacles, eye sockets, uh, all sorts of like your standard, yeah, Lovecraftian yeah, your standard Horror. Lovecraftian thing. Cool. And she was left be. She's what's known as like a left behind great one, one that was not elevated to another plane. So she's all she's of a, the great old.
1: Instead of being a great one, she's a okay one.
2: She's still a great <laughs> old one. She just wasn't like she's an.
1: She's an okay one.
2: The, the, I think like I don't remember exactly, but I think the idea there is that all great old ones existed on the same plane of existence as us at one point, but then they partook of a ceremony which elevated them to another plane of existence. Oh, like in and her
1: that phone went that one that one where Joaquin Phoenix loves his phone. Yeah. Oh, Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> they all yeah. get super smart, and then they raise up to the next level of sentience, and it, they yeah. can't be with humans anymore. Right, yeah. Uh, exactly. I see, I see, Yeah. I so see.
2: Except Ibrietas was one that was left behind, and it was the discovery of Ibrietas that, and it is through extracting her blood. Is she alive or dead? She's alive. She's just chilling, letting people take she's her She's just blood. chilling, and you actually can fight her. <laughs> Why would I want that? Because she gives you she's weak. Uh, a lot of power, and she gives you, I believe, so... She gives, you, she, she gives you some stuff that lets you progress in the game.
1: Free Abrietta 2022.
2: Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. she's chilling in a chair she is gets it a chair? Drawn from her. No it's more like a big slug monster
0: oh, oh I'm yeah. imagining her like chilling in one of those Red Cross tents or whatever she, like, gets <laughs> she's got like the, afterwards.
1: the world's largest great cookie yeah. and the world's <laughs> largest great They're one like, apple juice it, box. Some cookies.
0: Yeah there you go <laughs>
1: And she's just chilling. She's like, oh, what's
2: up?
0: thanks for donating your blood bye
2: (laughs) (laughs) and so so basically this church uh they have figured out how to how to turn her blood into the old blood uh, the great old blood yeah that Uh, must
1: be a hard transition
2: yeah they're like
1: well we have all this regular blood from the great old one how are we going to turn into great old one blood and then they like look at it for a little and they're like like, the thing
2: is like they don't bleed like how we like they still bleed but like they bleed like this white like mucousy blood but Ooh, not does it glow like,
1: I imagine it glows no it doesn't glow ah, it doesn't
2: uh, it's just the, it's it's called pale blood pale blood um, yeah because and that is like one of the things that you are like introduced to from the very get-go is like your intro to the game 30 minutes into this podcast your intro to the game <laughs> is you are you have sought the help from a blood administrator who is going to give you the blood Yeah, Um, it is through this that you experience visions of your latent beasthood coming to overtake you, but you are saved by these little tiny little creatures, like these little things with these horrible, horrible faces and mouths. Um, But in a way, they grow on you, and they're kind of cute now.
1: Um, We played this game together. We made the Smurf man.
2: Yeah, I've shown you this game. and it's through this that you are saved from the beasthood, essentially. Like, you are saved a... Some force within this world is causing you to not be able to perish. And instead, you get sent to a dream-like world where you are in this dream, and in this dream you are safe. It is called uh, the hunter's dream. And mm. you have taken on the role of the hunter. Uh, when you return... You return to what's called the waking world. So the world where everyone is awake, uh, where things are actually happening inside this dream, things. Time is in this weird, like convoluted, suspended
1: state. A bit of a Jeremy Baramy. Yeah,
2: exactly. Um, And so it's through this that like when you first wake up after receiving the blood administration, you receive a letter. It is just sitting there and you can completely miss it. You can walk right by it and never even look at it but it says seek the old seek pale blood. Seek pale blood. Essentially, that's not the exact wording, but it essentially says like seek, seek pale blood to end this nightmare. Hmm. Uh, and nightmare. so basically from before you're ever even introduced to the concept of great old ones and what that could possibly even mean, the game is straight up telling you like, Hey, there's going to be HP Lovecraft monsters. Go find them. <laughs> go kill them. <laughs> Well. Hey boy <laughs> yeah uh and it's through this that it is now your job as the hunter to make your way through Yarnum and to defeat all of the different monsters you come across with the eventual goal of trying to end this night this everlasting night by seeking pale blood so is it actually night out all the time yeah so like one of the really cool things about this game is that like as you're actually doing like making progression, like through the game, the world will change state. Like it'll like progress further and further into the night. Uh, Oh, that's uh, not good. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, and that kind of like, and what that does is it like creates the situation where the further and further you get into the night, the more crazy shit that you can see. Like you have in dark souls, you have like two currency, you have souls, which is like your primary method of leveling up Mm -hmm. and you have humanity. Uh, and if we remember back to the episode that we talked about, the whole idea of being you are an undead, you regain your humanity, and that is a resource that you can spend. Right. In Bloodborne, your two forms of currency are blood echoes. Uh, so it is the echoes of the blood that you have like spilt that night. Um, so it is like the remnants of those people's power. It's easy to just think of them kind of like as souls again. Um But then your other form of currency is insight. Because so much of this game is centered around the idea of insanity and like your own mental state. Very Lovecraftian. Yep. And the (laughs) idea is, is that as you gain more insight, your ability to see things in the world increases. Uh. So there are things that are only revealed to you when you have enough insight.
1: That's spooky scary, because what you're saying is the more crazy you are, the more things you see. (laughs) It's essentially like and even like the whole (laughs)
2: even like the image that they use for the insight icon is like a head breaking open with like it like this phantasmal shit just coming out of it. See
1: unicorn.
2: Yeah. Ugh. and so it's from the get go from even like the basis core systems of this game. Is it directly related to the plot and the themes of everything that you're going to experience? So does this
0: relate to in any way? Is this set in the same universe as like the first two Dark Souls games, or no? No.
2: So it's a completely separate universe, and okay. hence why it's not like Dark Souls three. That's all. Yeah. Okay. And, and even the III different Dark thing. Souls games take place in the same universe, but different worlds and shit, and different timelines. It's all weird. But basically,
0: <laughs> yeah. Bloodborne not related to Dark Souls in any way. So the can... only the
2: only thing that relates it to Dark Souls is the individual mechanics and the people who made it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Michael. On the same page
0: now.
1: What? Michael? Huh? Who are these little guys? Who are these little guys with the weird faces? Why are they touching me?
2: Yeah. Get them off. Who?
1: Little guys with weird faces who saved me from becoming a big old monster, Nick. Get your head out of your ass.
2: (laughs) Uh, Those are Smurfs. (laughs) I don't think that's (laughs) right.
1: Okay, so okay, well, if they chose to save you, what's up with that? Why'd that happen?
2: Uh, So I mean, like in any HP Lovecraft thing, a lot of this stuff can be explained away as like it's too complex and past or even brain yeah, but minds that makes bad to be podcasting. Able to- yeah, so I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why it's too <laughs> they just, complex. They just decided to save you. Yeah, so it's like essentially. I don't know if it's something that was like purposefully done by the blood administrator to you or what, but like you have been you are an outsider which makes you an outcast within this society yeah and it is through the means of blood ministration that you become a hunter and there's not really too much of like a reason why or anything like that it's just like now you are Hmm. yeah
1: so they save you because you're the hunter
2: yeah it's like You're you have been either been chosen by a higher power you have just happened to have like grasped like within the moments of falling to the beasthood. um thank you fact checker yes they're called messengers um <laughs> not couldn't remember Facebook. that uh yeah so here i'll just read the little description that and it gets uh, a meta chloe put oh sorry messengers are baby like <laughs> creatures who act as companions and merchants for hunters Messengers can be seen crawling out of portals connecting the human world with the nightmare world. They are unseen by normal folk but are able to communicate with hunters.
1: Chloe, tell us why the guy in Bloodborne became a hunter. Why would he <laughs> get picked?
2: What's what's the nightmare world? Do I want to find yeah. out? What Chloe, Chloe, do this episode. <laughs> I don't want to go to the nightmare world. That's what I do In the, what in the meantime,
1: what other what other monsters do you fight? You fight a god yeah so you fight well kind of
2: yeah, yeah yeah you definitely fight werewolves you and fight a werewolf. lot of werewolves most of the most of the things that you actually fight at the beginning of the game are townsfolk that people. are partially transformed into lycanthropes no oh. so they're basically people still wearing like their clothes they can still handle like tools they can still like like they're carrying like fires and like for them you are you are taking place uh like everything that is happening during this game is happening during a night of the hunt. This is mm. essentially where the church gathers all of the citizens of the town to come out to try and kill all of the beasts. However, all of the people that are taking place in the hunt have already succumbed to their beasthood. So, so everybody's are, a beast. Every pretty everybody's a beast except for a select few hunters that you'll encounter throughout the story
1: ah and hmm. i'm one of yeah. them
2: yeah and w- one of the crazy things too is is like even some of these hunters will refer to like the dream the hunter's dream this thing that you think is like something only you can experience but They're it's like, not nah, i
1: i get it's, it too
2: yeah it's like people will refer to like oh i dreamt once like like they were once chosen to do things and now they have moved past that and they can't do it anymore no, so i was like, a
1: hunter like you even yeah. had dreams so I took that an I took arrow an to, an to the <laughs> knee. <laughs> it was my joke. I set it up. I'm going to finish it, Nick.
2: Arrow <laughs> to the brain. You could have said but a, that. Uh, okay. But apart from like just like straight lycanthrope, like you've got like people who have transformed into like giant dumb versions, like hulking giants. Ah. Um, but the thing that is most scary and relates to the first boss that you fight in this game are members of the church who have been transformed by the blood. Uh-oh. So the first beast that is a boss that you'll usually encounter is yep. the cleric usually. beast.
1: Usually, hold on, you usually? can take different
2: paths in this game, buddy boy. Okay, a bit you can of go through this roaming. entire game without ever actually fighting the cleric beast.
1: Okay, you can never fight hmm. anything. I would do a little bit of a pacifist run. Yeah. You get a good ending. Nope, mm, nope. You gotta fight Wake shit. <laughs> Wake up! The whole thing was a dream. You're in the basement of a place. Oh my God! It's Five guys at Freddy's.
0: <laughs> five guys at Freddy's. Five Ooh, guys.
2: That's a different thing.
0: Five
3: guys <laughs> versus Freddy.
2: Freddy. <laughs> uh, I but that game. but yeah, so like like in typical Dark Souls esque fashion, like so much of this game is completely based upon exploration, and is mm-hmm. arguably one of the most important parts about this game. Like it, it, in this game, like you the whole it's the whole idea of like you've got things that are like slightly nudging you in certain directions, and like the game has certain pathways that you can take. But it's this idea that you can walk into any room and it's like, oh, a boss is just here. Like, and now I've got to be ready for it.
0: Where's the Hey a boss is here? <laughs> where's like the little you know how some games will like queue you up for a They'll for be a like, save here. Yeah, they'll yeah. put like
2: a save point or something right before you. Yeah, yeah. Be like,
0: hey, save here. Hey, here's some health, here's some ammo, here's whatever yeah. else you need.
2: No. Nah. <laughs> that doesn't you know, exist in these games oh no <laughs>
1: nick, nick just said ammo and it triggered something in me we're fighting all these freaking beasts we're knocking them out we're killing them how, how yeah, are we doing that? that how are we yes, making them die? that is a
2: very good point you got weapons in this game just like you do in dark souls like, like in dark souls you did? got like
0: yeah <laughs> do you have an air so 15? in dark like, so in dark souls
2: in dark souls you get like a much more like traditional medieval fantasy get a sword weapons you get swords you get you get like axes you get shields you get bows you get crossbows (laughs) uh you get all that sorts of stuff if you Um, use a shield you suck (laughs) in bloodborne is that true you get what's called a trick weapon as well as a gun (laughs) (laughs) oh there there you go you get a
1: gun
0: (laughs) yeah
2: yeah yeah. like a victorian like blunderbuss or pistol Oh, like a Michael! Don't forget the
1: most important tool of all that you get—a
2: magic wand,
1: you get your these, brain, these oh. hands. Oh. Yeah.
2: well the first the first enemy that you ever fight in the game you have to fight it without any weapons and usually like so intro to the game you wake up from this table find the pale you walk out you walk down this long narrow stairway down into this opening in this clinic there's surgery tables tables everywhere and you see this giant lycanthrope Oh. feasting upon a body oh, no, right in the middle of the man. room. You don't have any hand, like You got hands. I don't have hands. You don't have, don't <laughs> you have, don't have any weapons. You don't have, don't have any, any way to deal with this. Oh, shit. And so you are either. faced with this fact of like, okay, there is okay. a pathway beyond, like past it. Okay. I can either make a run for it or I can try and take it on. Most people try and take it on because it's a, it's an action game. It's your job to fight. and why like would a to game...
1: persuasion and convince oh. it to be my friend. Uh. <laughs>
0: What's your, uh, what's your, um, oh, it's I been a while that's since that's Nick has played D&D. Persuasion yeah, modifier. Okay. What's it's okay, your, buddy. Uh, Don't worry about it.
2: What's your thing for this stuff?
1: <laughs> persuasion modifier
0: was you right. Tell,
2: give me a number between one and 10. It's probably like 15 or so. Yeah. So you get
1: a, so you get a gun, you get it hands, you get a
2: trick weapon. Yeah. A yeah. trick weapon and is the gun. No, trick weapon is not a gun. It's a okay, what's the what's Some the of trick them weapon? can be guns though. Okay. Um, uh, so a trick weapon, it's the idea that you have a weapon that can take on multiple forms. Oh, so, dope. Yeah. And That's so like, like
1: uh, Nick, what's that one game you liked?
2: Control. Control. Kind of. I would call I would call that little SCP gun thing like a little trick weapon. What was it called? The uh I don't know, Continual. I think. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> bus is not there today. <laughs> but like say like you, like one of the weapons that you can get is a it's just like a little straight sword. It's a straight sword. But you stick the end of it in this giant cement block on your back and it turns into a hulking great hammer Oh. that yeah. you can use to smash the monsters that you face during the night into bloody pulp. Well, 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 nice. Others are ones that you have. That is just like a saw blade that is like rounded around a handle. And then you, you, Engage it and it completely extends the saw blade up and out. It's Uh, like daredevil weapons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, And every single weapon in this game is a trick weapon and has two forms, which makes like even though like this game, like traditionally like Dark Souls games, you can get like like hundreds of weapons. So you can get like tens to hundreds of weapons in Bloodborne. There's like under 20 or under 30. But because each of those weapons has multiple forms, makes using each one feel so much more unique and more memorable than any of the weapons that you can get in Dark Souls. So how do you get your trick weapon? So to find it. Remember when you try and fight that lycanthrope with your hands?
1: Yeah, I'm like, catch these fists, dumbass. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Usually you die doing that. Oh, and when you die, you get sent to the hunter's dream. And it is at the hunter's dream but where the round. messengers give you your choice in one of three trick weapons and, and one of random? two ones. No, it's a set three. So you oh, can okay. either hit a giant sword. <laughs> you can get uh, a one handed. <laughs> that is exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. You can get a one handed axe that when mm-hmm. activated, you can extend the handle to turn it into this giant fuck all axe. Nice. Yes. Um, which has in, which is based off of like your strength or and gives you like incredible reach. or you can get that little like saw blade thing I was describing earlier. yeah. Um, and one of the things that is actually in the game is that serrated weapons so like the saw blade does more damage to monsters. okay uh, The other trick weapon you can get is a pimp cane that Pimpin. you smack people with. And the, I love that the trick form <laughs> is that have you ever have, did, did you either of you guys ever play Soul Calibur? No. OK, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of like imagine when you activate this, it the 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 long stem of the cane, the long part of it, like everything but the handle turns I into this serrated whip. I like that, that you can swing around and hit people with. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Pimpin'. Yeah, and so it's this whole idea that you've got like you've got those three things, and then you get to choose one of two guns. You can choose either like a like a Victorian blunderbuss or a Victorian like pistol. Mm-hmm. The whole drawbacks there is the blunderbuss does more damage, but the pistol you can fire it more quickly. And one of the, one of the staples in Dark Souls, and a lot of the times why you would use a shield even if you're not like blocking all the time, <laughs> because you can parry, like when. Like you are bound to the same rules as an enemy. And when you can see that they're coming to attack you, if you time up that parry or just right, you can completely disarm your opponent. They leave a giant opening and you could do like critical damage to them. How do you do that in Bloodborne without a shield? What you have to do is you time up when you hit them with a gunshot. And it opens them up to a visceral attack. Visceral attack. Same thing as like a critical attack, except instead of like in Dark Souls where you use your weapon to perform the critical attack in Bloodborne, you jam your fist into their chest or their (laughs) back or wherever and just rip out just flesh and blood. And in that process, literally in the game, your entire character (laughs) gets covered and just like just viscera that sticks oh. on like your entire like self in this game gets covered in just wet blood that's that's pretty gnarly yeah 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 <laughs> and it's like it's not it. until you like travel to another like travel back to the dream that your clothes or travel or change into another set of clothes that mm. your clothes are actually like cleaned off from the blood
0: <laughs> that we've been staying yeah it's so, like no
2: clorox you- either like if you go the whole game without ever like traveling back to like the hunter's dream which like I don't think you can do like you can just accumulate blood and just get like literally every inch of your character covered in blood (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) it's gone in layers gnarly Um, and that's one of the things that like really differentiates bloodborne from dark souls is dark souls is a lot of these like high fantasy things that like you you feel accomplished when you're doing it, but like nothing ever, and like you feel sa- a lot of satisfaction whenever you do anything in Dark Souls, whenever you succeed. Mm-hmm. In Bloodborne, you get that same sense of success, but just with this like sense of just like, like badassery, like <laughs> rip, like rip and tear through every enemy in your way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just is so satisfying. <laughs>
0: it's like doom, even when you're killing even the most insignificant of monsters yeah you could just, just, just yeah and actually doom is a great
2: one. segue into this next point you know what's great about Do- doom huh? the music
0: oh yeah <laughs> yeah
2: you know what's has the exact same feeling in Bloodborne. minecraft it's nope yep. it, bloodborne's music yeah bloodborne's music <laughs> has so much of the same exact sense that dooms does in such a different way so yeah, like in like, doom <laughs> yeah because yeah, like
0: electric guitars in
2: a medieval game. Right. you want to explain that to me so <laughs> instead of like in in doom where you have these like heavy synths and like 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 gut wrenching guitar riffs and just like putting that overdrive on maximum and all that shit bloodborne much like the scenery around you borrows from like Victorian orchestra
1: oh thank god that's exactly what I wanted you to say <laughs> yeah so the whole so, time you're like fighting it's like <laughs> well,
2: <yeah. laughs> so imagine like instead of like when you're fighting like a boss like instead of having just like <laughs> it's like you get like individually customized per boss music that is just like, like this heavy music. deep like bass like like an orchestra bass, oh, like a <laughs> Where double it's like, cello or whatever. Yeah, and then, so you get that, and you combine it with like a chorus over top of it, like spouting this like Latin at you, and just like yelling. And there's like there's music in the Bloodborne soundtrack that to this day, like I listen to it, and it just like oh yeah <laughs> yeah! <laughs> all right now i have to go play this game mm-hmm. yeah like uh, the, alone
1: convinced me
2: the the there is music for uh there's the music for the cleric beast <laughs> that first boss that you fight and then there's another boss that can be your first one uh his name is father <laughs> gascoigne um he he is a hunter that is in the process of succumbing to his beasthood. Oh no. uh, god. And so the first half of the fight, you Where fight him. At? Well, that's the thing, is like he's a father, but so much of this is like church related. Is oh, he fuck. a clerical father or is he a father father? Probably clerical. Yeah. I'll spare you the details, he's both. Um <laughs> you, find oh you, you find you, his you find Spoiler his daughters. You find his daughters locked like, up. Uh,
1: it's like that one new show that just came out. Yeah. don't chloe you're typing it don't type it
4: <laughs>
1: okay never mind <laughs> it's but you one, one the of the things is before you get before you get <laughs> to fighting mass. nailed it
2: it's like the mass nailed it but before Midnight you mass. fight father gascoigne you actually like while you're exploring you can come across his daughters who are held up in their house with like all of the houses also have like are they barred they've got like incense in front of them which like uh keeps all the monsters away um I don't know what you're linking at. <laughs> Incense. <laughs> oh, bars. okay. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, I, I and like all, the daughter, all one of the daughters up. will like little priest daughters. Can, yeah, one of the daughters you can like. You get what I'm talking about. You at? can talk to her, and she'll she will seek your help. She tells you that like her mother has gone out to try and find their father, who hasn't come back from the his hunt for the night. Oh, uh well, you go. You fight Father Gascoigne. With and he makes no indication of like he has daughters or anything it's just like it is your job as the player to put those two pieces together um uh, you fight him you kill their dad ow <laughs> you and killed one of, my one dad. of the one of the things that's is one of my favorite yeah, parts Cohen. about this fight is like halfway through the fight father Gascoigne will transform from a person into his beast like so he goes from like Human who's fighting you in the same ways that you would fight other like humans and hunters because mm-hmm. he's a hunter Um, and he goes into full on feral like beast mode like he stops using all of his weapons. He just is roaring at you using his claws and his hands and like his mouth and just trying to rip and tear through you. Beast and mode. it's at that moment where he transforms where the soundtrack for his boss fight goes from like. All right. Yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. So like you know that like gif of like the kid in like the uh the red turtleneck sweater who's like got his hand, he's just going like having his eyes roll back in his head with wind blowing. He's just like, whoa. <laughs> it's like that that moment in the music makes you do that. <laughs>
0: now i see the gift in my head yep
2: (laughs) exactly exactly not for your life and it was like it's for most people it's like during that moment is when like okay like the gameplay i get it the setting i get it the music i get it everything is just this perfect amalgamation into this just grotesque but so enjoyable of an experience Oh, and then to make matters worse after like during the boss fight with Father Gascoigne, if you like run around the arena up on like a balcony right inside the boss arena is the corpse of his wife with the brooch that the daughters told you to look for. Cool. Yep. Which you can then take to the daughter. And be like they're both dead. You you can either be like you can either give her the brooch and be like, hey, found your dad, killed your dad. (laughs) Dad killed your mom. Now you're an orphan. (laughs) jeez (laughs) or Uh, or you can tell them nothing and just leave them leave them in the despair of like what happened to my parents um one of the things too is like eventually you get the ability to like send villagers to safe houses because like as the hunt as the night of the hunt progresses like things are not getting better the villagers are just getting more and more like beastly and grotesque Uh, And so it's the idea of like anybody who's out in their houses, like they're not safe. They have to go to like specific places in order to be safe. There's like a chapel, which is run by this creepy little dude who just like caretakes after it. Or you can send them to the clinic that you woke up in where the, the person who runs it will take care of them. Well, Hmm. if you uh, tell the girls If you well, if you tell the girl, because at this point you only know that there's one, like if you tell the girl like, hey, your parents are dead, but I have a place where you can go where you can stay safe. They will try and navigate these same streets that you are navigating. Imagine like a 12 year old girl or like a 10, 12 year old girl trying to navigate their way through these beast infested streets. Bad. To try and make make it it. to one of these. Yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't actually uh, work out pretty well. So is it
1: like an escort mission at that point?
2: No, you never actually see her attempt to make this this journey. What happens, though, is at another point in the game after you have told her this and you are navigating through and like have reloaded at least once you make your way through and you find in this sewer that is a direct line from her house to the chapel safe house Mm -hmm. It is like the direct route to get there. You get through there and you fight beasts. And at one point you fight this giant pig that is like just that has grown grotesquely huge. Um, You fight it, you kill it and it drops a bloody white hair ribbon.
1: Oh, cool. It killed the girl.
2: Yeah, the pig kills the girl. (laughs) Okay. Why
0: Why did the pig turn into a beast though? Are they giving the blood
2: to the pig? The the person
1: turned into a a pig beast.
2: Oh, okay. Well, no, 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 no. In this in this sense, it is a literal pig, but the pig has probably has eaten the Um, people who have had the blood. And so it's anything
1: if you didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Billy bone. Yeah. yeah. If you get rid of a body, you throw it into a pig's pen, it'll it will be gone.
2: Yeah. But that that is just like a little slice of like the like despair that this game can throw at you. Uh, but And it it does it in a way that like you have to like be on the lookout. You have to be looking for these little tidbits in the story and this pieces of this overall narrative that it's trying to piece together for you to experience. Like just like in Dark Souls, Bloodborne doesn't tell you anything directly. It is up to you as a player to want to go on this journey to experience all of the little hidden gems in this plot that this game has thrown together into these like interweaving ideas that you get to see unfold as the night progresses
0: does it mm. ever turn into morning?
1: that er- ends I think you never stop mourning well and,
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I will say at the end of the game uh you are faced with a few options uh, you at the end of the game you essentially you kill like you kill the Eldritch horrors, and you are a That able word
1: to... for Kentuckians—it's just so hard. Horrors, horrors? Yeah, horror. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad they're called haunted houses and not horror houses, or horror else we would all be. No, that's
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going down to the horror house.
1: Halloween, <laughs> my—we're all going to the horror house. <laughs> <laughs> you going where?
2: <laughs> so, at the end of the game, so. in the the hunter's dream there is a old man who's just there and he's just watching over everything his name's gehrman um at the end of the game you after you have killed and (laughs) finished your your mission of whatever this like higher being has set out for you you have you've accomplished it you go to gehrman and he gives you two options you can either uh, choose to die in the dream which will grant you uh, which will wake you up within the waking world so it'll end the night so you wake up so basically Garman decapitates you with a scythe and <laughs> you wake up in Yarnum the next day at at daybreak
1: with all of the corpses and rotting bodies well, everything
2: and- yeah all of it is the night has passed like you Can are on onto- the other option is sure i'd love you, to hear your guess for this you die you no. <laughs> stay in
1: the nightmare realm
2: yeah basically you can refuse garman and he will he's been wheelchair bound this whole time he will stand up from his wheelchair and then beat the ever-living fuck out of you damn it and if you manage to beat him you take his role you are now stuck to the stream it is now, now you, your job
1: now you are stuck in the wheelchair
2: you are you are now stuck in the wheelchair oh, no. to uh to help guide the hunters who will come after you. Dope.
0: <laughs> so that's you only get the shit beaten out of you if you if you like try and tell tell them a little fib, right? Yeah. Well that's no, hilarious. it's not even it's not even like
2: a fib. It's just like like, do you want to return to the waking world? Yes or no. The answer is it's always it's like if 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 yes, I'll kill you and you'll wake up. If no. I'll kill you, anyways, and you'll wake up.
0: <laughs> if you say no, you're obviously lying. Because who would want to live in the nightmare world, unless you're, you know? Well, the whole, the idea there shit. is that
2: like you have gained enough insight to like see past what this is, and like to 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 look into the world beyond. And so, because of that, you can either like it. Grant beating Garmin off or opens up. There are many doors, Ed boy. Uh, <laughs>
1: The world has many holes, Ed Boy.
2: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Don't raise a perception. <laughs> that's that's basically like like imagine the narrative for this is like a Victorian Eldritch horror version of Rolf from Ed Ed and Eddie. Incredible. Yeah. That's wow. how we'll that's how we'll cap this thing off. <laughs>
1: last last question for you, Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could sum up what maybe the game developers were trying to send as a message in about well, I'll give you ten words. What that's would it too be?
0: short.
2: Uh, I'll give you 10 paragraphs. Be afraid of what you can't see.
0: Um, that's horrifying. <laughs> but persist,
2: of, but persist through the nightmare. Persist through the nightmare. Okay. Are you be, counting those words?
1: Be afraid of the Catholic church. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give blood got to it, Catholic got church. It in six.
2: <laughs> be af- be afraid of seeking higher knowledge. Yeah, there you be go. Be
1: afraid of use <laughs> for for needles. what you for
2: what you may find could sh- could shake your entire perception of reality.
1: Bloodborne pathogens are a new discovery. Get tested often. Ten words nailed it.
0: There you go. Just don't <laughs> share needles, and you won't get bloodborne pathogens. Hopefully.
1: When we come back, quick this with DJW. Hey. And we're back. We're joined once again. Well, that's not true. I guess we're joined for the first time recently by DJW, um, (laughs) alter ego of our guest last week, Devin Walker. (laughs) This is the musician DJW. As uh, some fans of our show may recognize, we recently did an intro on his new album, and we brought him on to talk to us about the creation of that new album. So I'll pass it over to you, DJW.
0: Is that DJW? <laughs> <laughs>
4: um yeah, first of all, you guys did a phenomenal job on the album. Um it hey. flows per- the the flow from that to Dangerous Love, dude. Mm. Um I, I will tell you with the next project that I got in April, the intro to the leading song might it might compete. It, it, it <laughs> it'd be it'd be interesting to see what you guys think, what you guys think. But um yeah. Color Palette, man. It was my first album. Um, I'm really satisfied with it overall. Um, Pretty much my goal for this was um, I really, with as humble as saying this as humbly as possible, I was really trying to make a statement with this. Um, I really wanted to prove a point that, you know, like, hey, I'm not saying I'm better than anyone, but I know how to do this. You know, Mm -hmm. like you need, like, I know how to make a beat, how to, give it to an artist and make a top hit for whoever that person is. Um, so that's why you can go through and you see it's a different variety of beats. It's not really one kind of specific theme, um, And that's really what I was trying to, the goal was to do and what I really think was successful. Because I feel like you can ask a lot of people who listen to the album and you hear their favorite tracks being different ones. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah.
1: For sure. So one of the things that you had said was that the name Color Palette has a significant amount of meaning, right? You went Uh, with the name Color Palette.
4: Yeah, yeah. So the uh, meaning of Color Palette basically was, you know, this album is my color palette. Like, I'm the artist, you know, taking all these different artists and all the different beats and bringing it together to make one, you know, complete painting. And when you look at the painting, it's different. You know, it's a podcast. It's opening with a podcast. And then you have a new artist, Will O'Keefe. And then you have a pop r hip-hop artist singing. And then you have a straight r classic, 90s sounding track. You know what I mean? Then you have used to straight, you know, gangster kind of club vibes. You have champagne, more classy, elegant, motivation, good workout videos. So when you look at the whole picture, it's a variety. You know what I
1: mean? It's a color palette you're looking at.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's an arsenal. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I really
0: appreciate so that with, too because it's yeah. it's not just like one genre that you stick to. Because, granted, that can get a little repetitive if you listen to the album like twenty times right. over. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it's kind of like yeah. this, the, like your album. It was not the like. The sixteen pack of Crayola crayons. This is the uh, fucking <laughs> seventy-two pack with the with the sharpener on the back and everything.
4: Mm.
1: So you worked with a lot of artists. Do you want to talk just kind of briefly about you know the artists that you worked with and how you met them or how you got together this band of uh, creative people?
4: Yeah. Um, so I can briefly go through it so um track one starts with obviously you guys um obviously one of your members um it's someone that's close to me uh my brother-in-law um alex and then um hey we know him then (laughs) uh being a guest uh for you guys and i listen to you guys podcast as often as possible i typically don't go no more than two weeks without at least listening to i would say two or three of your podcasts to for sure no more than two weeks um um, so, like I said, reached out to you guys I kind of had knew you were going to do your thing Kind of had an idea You guys took it to the next level um, Then we get to Dangerous Love and Soul Searching The second and eleventh track With Will O'Keefe, who's a good childhood friend of mine, um, recently moved down to Atlanta, um, is really getting ready. Kind of haven't heard much from him. The most is probably with tracks Under Me. But um, this upcoming, in a later year, he has an album um, that's actually executively produced by me that's in the works right now. Um, So that'll be coming out later. And a lot of good things with him. Then, of course, you have the party anthem, Parties and Drinks, with uh, Noma Chit. Um talented, talented singer. Um, as you can tell by that song, very crisp brown pop, you know, vocals, but can spit some bars. Um, so he has a couple of projects coming out. Um crazy tracks like Crazy Love, Mini Skirts, um, that was really so I was telling Alex a while ago that, that actually doesn't have a featured artist, quote unquote. That was either a computer generated loop vocally. Um taken by me, and then I just manipulated it to make it sound like a full song. Um, <laughs> so Crazy Love and Miniskirts actually isn't a like specific artist. And then obviously you have Secret homage um, talented engineer, producer, um, songwriter. And then um you got the king, the legendary, the bar master, 94 DRO, 94 D-R-O-W, man, just Champagne, just if you listen to Champagne and mm-hmm. Motivation, like the flow his flow is ridiculous. He actually just released an album, um, his solo album last Friday. Um, so if you guys, you listeners are interested in hearing more from him, then definitely check him out. And then the interlude, um, Omega Melodies, who's a great producer and uh songwriter of mine, uh really talented. He has music coming out. And has a project out of himself, and then just threw in some ear candy—the uh, voicemail from my good friend Travis—that's in there. Um, <laughs> you know, that was just kind of, kind of give a break from music, kind of just put some comedy, you know, a little skit. He in says there. he's
1: gonna stab you. But,
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the running, Michael Nick, basically the running joke—not to run over time—but the running the run joke is that Travis always wants to be put on a song. And he's one of my close, he's one of my good friends. And he always calls me in the studio, while I'm in the studio, and I always ignore him. So that actual voice message was when he was upset that I wouldn't put him on a particular song. So when he sent me and left me that voicemail, I was like, yeah, I'm putting it on the on the album. Um, so he yeah, it's just like, a, it. it's a, <laughs> basically, uh, well, he actually, he can't actually rap. So you might see him actually be on the track sometime in the future. But um, we'll see. We'll if it keeps up the
0: voicemail thing. <laughs> <laughs> especially yeah. if it keeps up yeah. the voicemail yeah. thing um there
4: will be a, a color palette too um this november this year in november um so the second and part our
1: listeners can can out. stream color oh, yeah. palette anywhere right you guys
4: yep they can stream it everywhere and you guys are the first ones that i've announced that publicly i believe so your listeners are the first hey. people to hear that um mo- oh. half the songs are already done so nice yep. for color palette too for color palette too yeah That's i have dope. an ep coming out in um april called uh dark hours that i'm pretty That's excited awesome. about so I for that i come first that i want to run by you but
1: yeah um so to end this episode i want to harper back to last week when i talked about how uh during the quick this uh Devin sent me a, a cast list of a possible cast list, League of Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. I want to Harper back to that and telling you that this uh, includes the characters Lawrence Larry Daly, played by Ben Stiller, and uh, also um, Jesse Prescott, played by Debbie Ryan. Um, Lawrence Larry Daly, played by Ben Stiller, is his character from Ninth Museum. And Jesse Prescott, played by Debbie Ryan, is the character Jesse from the Disney show Jesse. (laughs) Oh my God. This is not a real cast list. It's (laughs) not not real. It was fake, it was a false alarm. And if you want to send me fake multiverse of madness cast, <laughs> it's the multiverse. They never <laughs> said it's the Marvel Listen, multiverse. <laughs> I'm going
4: to be honest with you. I did not read that. I read, I look, I looked at the left and read like the names, and I pretty much just looked at X-Men. And the thing that, the only thing that made me really think, like, okay, is Tom Cruise was supposed to at one point be Iron Man. So I said, if they're trying to get a break mm-hmm. from Tony Stark, if you wanted to just—it's multiverse. We're going to see different multiverses. It's—you mm-hmm. could put an Easter egg there and just show him as an Like you on—he. My thinking was that's just an Easter egg thing at this point because at this point, why I feel like Marvel? Why wouldn't you just don't? Like I said, he ain't got—he's not going to actually. I wouldn't think he's going to play Iron Man, but like a scene. I don't know. Tony Peter Parker is flipping through universes and he runs into one and he looks and he's like iron man shield was it's fucking tom Cruise, and then he gets pulled back like that's, <laughs> you know what i'm saying like that's that's not extra he's not doing any acting you know you can't get like it's not gonna be like oh that's terrible he's not saying a word like that'll be like l- just little tiny easter eggs i feel like
0: you could put in there I, but but it's fun to not, I'm, defensive about it and be like tom Cruise is an iron man
1: Okay. <laughs> so if you want to send me fake multiverse of madness leaks you can send it to our email it's entertainthispodcast cool. at gmail.com
0: at spider-man or
1: at Spiderman.com. <laughs>
0: or you can go to our That's
1: website Spider-Man. www.entertainthis.net scroll all the way to the bottom there's questionnaire that you can fill out there you can send us your suggestions for future episodes things that you want to hear us cover here nice. on entertain nice. this you can also Follow us on uh, Instagram. Our Instagram is entertain this podcast and our Twitter is entertain underscore this. We also have a Facebook page. It's podcast entertain this and we'll talk to you guys. Wait, entertain us oh. so we can entertain you and you can entertain this. I didn't skip it. <laughs> See you next Friday. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>
0: This episode of Entertain This was written by Michael Savoya, with additional commentary from Alex Steele and Nick Mustakangas. Our showrunner and resident fact checker is Chloe Price. Our theme music is Rushable by Aaron Spencer, with interstitial music by DJW. Tune in every Friday for new episodes, and thanks for listening.